Welcome back to the Anxious Millennial Podcast, where I, your host, Alexandra Vincelli, explore everything mental health related and interview both millennials and non-millennials about their self-care and entrepreneurship journeys. Writing is truly an art I've always secretly wanted to perfect. It's something that I really deeply appreciate. Words to me have always, always mattered. So how fitting to have a guest on today's podcast. She goes by the pen name Aveline Fortin. But I cannot have a podcast episode without quoting some of the greats. Margaret Atwood wrote, A word after a word after a word is power. C.S. Lewis, you can make anything by writing. It really is truly one of the most beautiful arts. So back to my guest, Aveline Fortin. She's the Canadian author of romance fiction. She writes fun and steamy novels. Her characters are thoughtful and earnest. She herself is thoughtful and earnest. She and I met through an online class that we took together. And boy, am I grateful that our paths crossed. She's a lovely person, one of the loveliest, and I am so happy to have her on the podcast today. So welcome, Aveline Fortin, to The Anxious Millennial. Thank you very much. Nice to be here. Nice to see you again. Nice to see you too. This has been in the making for a really, really long time. So I'm happy we're able to finally do this. So today it's all about the words. It's all about meaning behind words. And so in that spirit, in that vein, what is your word for 2023 and why? Yeah. So my word for 2023 was badass. I like it. Yeah. And um, the the reason why it is, is sort of ironic in the sense, because it's so opposite to my personality. My personality is very soft, very accommodating, very giving. You know, I, I sort of, uh, I, and usually I pick a word that's sort of poetic and inspirational. And my goals leading up to 2023 were really to, to focus on something that I needed to do and to be courageous and get it out namely with you know with writing and and producing and and all sorts of creative output and i needed to harness that energy that that badass has so that was my word the whole preamble is something i'm really appreciative of right now for many reasons because i'm totally aligning with the gentle gentle soul you know very sort of nurturing and and that's you know, that's so core to your character and your values. Yeah. And then also that need to sort of burst out because there's this creative little, little monster for lack of a better term inside, just ready to, ready to crawl out at any moment's notice. And then when you unleash this beautiful creature, it's like, you know, it's, it's such a gift. So yeah, I, I actually really love that. And it's, I love that it's like a total dichotomy away from who you are yeah, uh, but also who you feel you need to feed. Okay, yeah, there's so much there. I love that. Yes. I love that. <laughs> That's it. And and with the monster, I see I see it in a visual. I can see even the monster peeking out, you know, a little uh, out of the mouth, needing to blare out something really loud and strong. Look at me. Look at this. Hear what love I have it. to say. Um, love it. Which sometimes we have to do. We all need to do. Uh, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Do you do you feel like it is almost somewhat of a cathartic process to sort of unleash this this inner, you know, this other side of you, if you will? It's almost yeah. like a release. Yeah. Well, I think it's interesting because 
when you do anything, I find at least, and you do anything artistic, you move through that stages. You have that, that anxiety, you have that doubt, you push through it, you release your, whatever it is, your inspiration, your spirit onto the page, onto the, onto the canvas, wherever it is. And then you feel that release. And I think it's the same when you have to let that go to the next stage, which is not just keeping it for yourself, which is fine. Just give give a little shove. You know, jump off the edge of the of the dock and then you're in the water and it you know, it actually feels good and you're surprised it feels good. So I, I think there is that release, absolutely. That really resonates and I'll tell you why and you'll appreciate this. Um yeah. because during class, so you know, Angie and I took a wonderful class together. We had gifted professors. It was one of the most yes. amazing experiences. I think Andrea, you could echo that. It's just absolutely like, life changing, life changing experience. Absolutely life changing. Yeah. It was. I mean, just it just realigned everything. And so, um, one of the first things our professor told us, and I, I, I kid you not, it's it's stuck with me years later, was um, jumping across the chasm feeling scary at first but once you reach the other side is so much less scary and you think to yourself you know that was no big deal right yeah (laughs) the gap when you look behind you looks like a crack compared to the Grand Canyon when you're standing in front of it oh that just gave me that just gave okay (laughs) so there's there's something during every episode or every podcast every time there's always a goosebump moment and that was the one that was (laughs) amazing I love the visual of looking back at a crack when in the beginning it was the Grand Canyon that was so I love that (laughs) spoken like a true writer that is amazing um so speaking of writing and speaking of that process um you know being in being in that sort of headspace, you know, what what Andrea is a really rewarding piece or several rewarding pieces for you about being a writer? I think it's it's something that again, going back to that class that we took is that a lot of us tend to seek validation from external sources. Whether or not we're told this is what we want and this is what we need, a big house, a car, you know, those kinds of standard stereotypical things, or whether it's not, or whether it's something more situational to your, your family, you know, something like I came from an, an I came from an immigrant family, so my my grandparents uh, came to Canada, and my parents had very uh, values that aligned with sort of European immigrant values. You know, you work hard, you go to school, you you know, you work that nine to five job, you save up every penny, and whether or not there's things that are sort of ingrained in you that are coming from the outside like that. With writing, or I, I think with a lot of creative processes, it takes looking inward. So looking at what your insides, your spirit, your your gut, your body wants to do and having to mitigate what others are imposing on you and what is kind of coming out from you. And, and it can be a bit of a fight. So I think one of the most rewarding things for me in writing is that it's allowing myself the pleasure, the enjoyment the the intellectual aspects of writing of that process of of just letting it out so much jumps out from what you're saying like I completely 
completely hear, especially the piece about, you know, having immigrant family, you know, yeah. if it's not one generation back, you know, a couple, I think that stays with you, right? That's yeah. always sort of in the back of your mind that you have to make sure you're supporting your life yeah. and your family. But then on the other piece, you know, being here and being privy to opportunity and being sort of, you know, around people that are ambitious, that are smart, that inspire you to want to, you know, level up and move forward in life is also, yeah. I call it the push-pull of wanting to satisfy um, basic needs and yeah. support your family. And then again, it's that the little voice and it might be the badass voice, but the one that's always yes. compelling you to push past the boundaries and like exactly. make sure, you know, you leave this life a better one than when you first got here, but also make sure you're happy and fulfilled, which is yes. difficult these days. It's because, very difficult. Uh, like how, and so that's the other piece is how do you bridge the two? Like, how do you make sure, you know, you're tending to your basic needs and your family yeah. and all the responsibility that comes with that, but then you're also feeding your ambitions and what makes you happy? Like, how do those two collide in your world? Yeah, that's a challenge. And um, I'll admit that it was a big challenge and it was an almost impossible challenge until uh, until I got divorced, until um, I mean, there are other reasons why my marriage had had, you know, split and, and we like to use I, I think I think we aligned with the whole Gwyneth Paltrow conscious uncoupling, <laughs> you know, in a sense, because it wasn't a huge rupture. I mean, there were things, there was lots of tensions and, and reasons why we got divorced, but there was also a conscious of, I have needs that are not being met. He has needs that are not being met. But for me, one of the things was I could not reach that balance in that situation. I couldn't. Um, mm. Uh, and th there are many factors which would take another two, three podcasts to go over. Um, but I think uh, a lot of it is to have a, a network that supports you and supports that balance because you can't do it alone. It has mm -hmm. to be a value that you hold, but also those close to you that hold um, so that they give you that chance to say, okay, you know, a few hours here, that's important for you. And this is important for me. And, and we work together to make sure that that happens. Um, so that that's certainly one way is, is to have to align yourself with those who who share those values, that it's that it's a balance and you have to satisfy your soul's needs as well as <laughs> as well as the technical needs. I am writing that down. Satisfy your soul's needs. Yeah. That is yeah. beautiful. And I yeah. love when my guests talk about their community because yeah. it is so true. It takes a village. Absolutely. To, right? It, it, there, There is nothing in isolation that could be done truly. We thrive yeah. in community. We, I mean, you need, you need others to truly lift you up just the way you lift up other people, absolutely, um, especially through your work and your creative contributions. And so, yeah. you know, being in that headspace again, in, in that sort of creative process, um, is there, is there anything you wish speaking of community, anybody yeah. 
either in or outside of your community or anything you wish you had been told about the writing process that you didn't know that you now know and wish you knew. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's that's a, a huge topic. I, I think writing is one of these sort of at least I felt mystical kind of professions, you know, you hear, hear about writers and they go off and they write and suddenly there's a book in a bookstore and it's fantastic. But the, between the two, there's a lot that goes on that I had no idea about until I went through the process a few times. Um, and I think the biggest thing is that we all feel, or many of us feel an intimidation. Like we need to know it before going into it. So we should somehow have this knowledge of what that process is, of what we should be expecting before even having doing it. And and especially in writing, there's no possible way to know it before you actually do it. You can read as many books as you want. And there's, there's thousands of books on writing, some of them more uh, helpful than others. Um, but really, until you actually go and question at every step, what do I have to do here? What's the next step? And and ask the right people and, and open yourself up to the, that potential ridicule as well, because we all feel intimidating sometimes asking these questions. Um, until you do it at least once, the, there's really... There's really no, no way I would say. So that's, I find, a, a huge challenge. And I don't know why it's one of these things that is so difficult to grasp. I had um, uh, I had talked to a few people about this. Uh, I had a mentor a few years ago. And so one of my other professions is, you know, I, I work in the design and building field. And so they made the analogy, okay, you're laying your foundation. They they tried to make it into something that relatable for me in particular, you lay your foundations, then you've got your structure and so on. Um, but that, that still didn't help until I went through and did each of the steps. Um, and I find that's true for now taking on a role more. I see a lot of on the community boards that I'm a part of, Facebook groups and uh, Instagram uh, as well, uh, of writers asking these same questions and finding myself, again, not really, I mean, you can answer them, but really the biggest thing is to encourage them just to keep going because to keep going and going through all those different phases and the different phases are, of course, writing the draft and then the different levels of editing and then publishing and covers and um, digital marketing and, uh, and access to the to the book. So um, hmm. there's, there's a lot in there. Until you and I had spoken, and I, I kid you not, this was always sort of, sort of like a secret desire of mine to want to write and sort of yeah. even write out like a life. Everybody wishes they can write out their 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 autobiography yeah. right yes. sort of to talk about their, their life experience words. absolutely I don't know what it is I think we all have this need to vocalize and just be validated there's something there the, yeah. there's something there um to externalize yes. but after you walked me through the rigorous background work that you had to do <laughs> <laughs> yes to, to write and to get published and like the, the all of the effort you went to into learning and, and working with a publisher. And it's just all of that is so intense. So I, I got intimidated the heck out of it. Oh, no. <laughs> no. But I think it was a, 
a wake up call because, uh, you know, I think a lot of writers need to know that up front and it's not to deter them. It's just to sort of be mentally ready to, to go through that. And, you know, I think if you have that determination, you'll, you'll get through it, but Yeah. yeah, there's a lot of back and forth and, also some of the editing you told me about like can you tell me as well like how did you get through that rigorous editing process yes how how did you do that yeah I you know I think you're spot on in that we all have this vision of uh well not all of us but many of us have this vision of, of a writer you know you sort of hold it you can hold that concept in in your hand, just like anything, like a doctor, you know, the doctor will bring out their stethoscope and measure you of what that profession is. But then of course, there's all this, it's the tip of the iceberg, right? The iceberg is below um, and it holds so much more of that support uh, for for any any profession. Um, And so for, uh, for the editing, I think that was my biggest biggest surprise was that how much how much of writing is actually in editing when I wrote my first draft of course I was just so surprised that I got that many words on a page to begin with Um, and it was one of those things that I allowed myself to tap into just opening the valve and letting the words flow and I think I hit 80,000 or 90,000 words on that draft. Uh, and I wow. did it. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, I did it in the space of a month. And it was it just, I just let it come. And I just thought, whatever, I'll just let it come out, fill up the page. We'll see what it is after. And so that was the first draft. And then I had this concept that, okay, well, that's the first draft, then it's going that that's pretty much the book. And I showed it to my mentor who completely, you know, ripped it apart and, you know, suggested everything. And and at the time, I thought, oh, my gosh, it must be so bad. I'm a terrible writer. And I closed that draft and and didn't actually share my work for a few years. (laughs) What I didn't realize was that that's the normal process of writing. You write a draft, which in the best forms, you don't really overthink. There are two types of, there are two types of writers, we call them, plotters and pantsers. So <laughs> plotters okay. have, like, they write out their plot quite in detailed form, um, however they want to do it. There are different softwares for it. Some do it on cue cards. But they they write scene by scene, and they, they write it's almost quite complete the others are pantsers so they have a brief outline of their plot and they allow it to evolve as you go the thing about the plotters is you have an idea let's say a book that you know everybody might know such as harry potter so as a plotter she would know already book seven uh, what the outcome would be so she would know that harry would have to fight X, X person, Snape story, and all the rest of it for for uh, for our sake. Um, but a a pantser would have the character evolve on the page. So whatever is sort of happening in the scene happens as you're writing. So the character would evolve as you're going through as as you're writing, and you have points that you want to make, but sometimes that changes. So 
those are the two kind of main writing styles that people have. But regardless of that, the reality is that once you finish that draft, that is probably nothing like what the finished version is going to look like or read like. And I think that's one of the biggest things that people don't understand because they write and they think, oh, this is, this is what I have. This is what I've done. And they overly criticize themselves because everybody looks at their first draft and rereads it and thinks this doesn't work. This is horrible <laughs> or what, you know, what's going on. But it's through the editing process that the book really comes out. And so it's perfectly normal to have a first draft and then have some people read it. We have, you know, beta readers or editors or what, whoever it is that will read that and completely suggest changes. Characters will shift. Scenes will shift. You might be set, set your story in the 1950s and suddenly it's in the 1800s after the editing. You know, there's just a lot that happens in that editing process that's, um, that's really <laughs> where, the, where the writing is. I just can't get over the intricacies and if yeah. like I, the, that would be a devastating piece to me like if I were because I get attached to, to, to stories so yes. if I were attached to yes um time period which is so key in a story yes and then that gets changed <laughs> it might be. How, do you, how would you handle something like that it's... or has it happened to you actually yeah so nothing that dramatic What's happened to me more are just things that haven't worked in, in the way the characters are forming. I, I write romance, so it, it tends to be a little bit simpler in the plot and more about the relationship. So for me, it has to ring true that there would be a connection, that there would be, uh, you know, I, I, I avoid writing a sort of a soap opera style where you know, suddenly some... But he gets flown in and, and they're the long lost twin sister and that kind of thing. Um, for me, I really enjoy that subtlety of how people become close, how they fall in love, how they might fall apart, uh, how they build a family together. Um, so there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of spice and romance that goes on with it. But the, the heart of it has to ring true. Mm -hmm. So for me, the biggest devastation is if that's not working. If for whatever reason, the reader can't connect with a character or they're not believing that this match is working and something has to be reworked in that. So that has happened, um, oh, oh which, my. yeah, which is which is difficult because you're, the story lives in your head. And so you're seeing it almost like a movie. So for you, you're imagining how it all works perfectly. But then to suddenly switch gears and in that editing process realize that whoever is reading it is seeing a very different movie than the one that you're playing. Yeah. And for them, it's not it's not working. They're not seeing that connection or they're not believing it or they're not enjoying mm. it. Um, yeah, can be can be quite. Yes. The heartache. We're talking about visual li listening. Yes. Our hands on our heart. Yeah. 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 yeah that that. That just hit me because knowing what I do know about you, and I'd love to know more, you know, obviously you're such a lovely person, but I'm just sensing that, you know, you also are so attached to your, your art because this is yeah. art. So like when, when that shifts and then it's, it's like, difficult. okay, it's so reflective of, of me and, and what I've just yes. poured out of yeah. my heart. 
So, uh, I mean, yeah, no kudos. I'm learning so much. I mean, even, even the whole pen name situation. So being Aveline Fortin, beautiful pen name, by the way. I Thank mean, just honestly, like, I, I just, I just see you in a meadow. <laughs> <laughs> that just, that's the, the first visual yes. that comes up is, is a meadow with like, um, uh, oh my gosh, what are those trees? Is that a, 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 we a weeping willow? A weeping willow. Yes. I just see that with tulips everywhere. I don't know why that visual just came to mind right now. Wow. <laughs> well, you're not far off because, again, in order to get past that boundary to to allow to for the flow, you know, we talked about to allow that badass aspect to come out. Abilene for me is a bit of a um, what's the word? Um, like a, a, not a second personality. Um, your your alter ego. Alter ego. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> so. <laughs> She's a bit of an alter ego. So in order to be able to sort of write as her and to assume that kind of space, she does have a background and her background is that she's from, she's from the Gaspé, like my my main character. And so your field, the Camarasca fields with the grass and uh, the coastal, um, coastal sort of rural scenery is not far off. <laughs> Well, there you go. See, you you, you actually just um, confirmed that there is so much to a name, even yes. a pen name. It'll yeah. embody how you write, how you externalize. I mean, I always said this, like a name sets the tone for your entire life. Like your name is everything. That is your it, life's it, banner. Yeah. Um, I, I, I've always thought that for some reason. And I, yeah. I also feel like we start to look like our names. Um, so that's so interesting that even that's the visual that came to mind was accurate. Well, then I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm happy that that's landing because like even the pen name situation, I'm, I'm so curious about it. And, um, so you also had to write or think about a background story for her and I'm insinuating her, but, yes. um, so you had to think up her, did you also have to think up her personality? Did you also have to think up her values? I think so. I think the main point is that she just has a lot more confidence. <laughs> okay. So um, I didn't go too far into describing her like I would a character, but she certainly embodies, I, I sort of have a feeling of who she is when I need to be her on my Instagram or, or TikTok or wherever it is. There's a certain feeling that, that I go into a space that I push my personality into to be her. And that space mostly just has a lot more confidence, um, mm. just a bit bubblier, a bit, a bit uh, more outgoing, a little bit um, uh, certainly more confident. In terms of the background, nothing, nothing significant. Every, everything that I, I sort of have pulled from my own background is in her, but it's it's sort of detached so that I can separate it a little bit. You know, the places she's been and the experiences she's had to write uh, the books most of it is similar but that that there it, it's yeah I wish I could sort of I wish I could hold it also like a ball and and express like it's a, something I step into when mm. I have to move into that place of publishing or or being on social media and that's something as well when we did the course that we did together uh, that what I had to work on uh, a lot and that um, you know, I work 
and especially writing s- suits me because I like to work in a very, I'm, I'm very much an introvert and I like to work very much in a sort of quiet, calm place and, <laughs> and, and very reflective. And I'm certainly n- not the first one to answer. Usually I'll usually take my time and I'll prefer write written response if I have to, um, that kind of a, a scenario. So writing works well for me in that way, because, um, you know, I, I can I can sit and and lose my whole world to it uh, by myself mm. as mm. much as I want. But when I, like I have that. to <laughs> when I have to go to that other place, then it requires a jump. And when it's me as Andrea, I am very stressed doing it because it's a jump again. There is that it is that canyon jump. Um, but when I can do it as Abilene it does make that gap seem a little bit less wide. I can sort of say, okay, it's her, not me. I can be a little bit protective of me by, by pushing it out that way. Sounds to me like we all need an Aveline Forte in our lives, right? Yes. Yes. Your champion, somebody who believes in you. Your champion. Wow. Yeah. And so you know, based on that, and because, you know, we are on the anxious millennial, I always sort of talk yeah. about, you know, some of our well-being pieces and what we do to care for yeah. ourselves. Because I heard you say a few times, actually, that you're an introvert. So I like, I have two follow-up questions, but our training has told us, as you will probably remember, never to stack questions. So I'll start yes. with the first one, <laughs> which is, you know, being that it is a heavy process, writing it usurps so much energy and, and, and time yeah. and, and creative space mind space what do you do to make sure you're tending to yourself you know I I also I heard you say you need quiet space um you'll you'll tend to write you'll tend to respond in a written written response what else do you do to make sure you're you're tending to that to your soul I think interestingly enough it's it's dual because doing the writing and actually pulling back from all the other things you know, I have two little kids, I have a full-time work. When I'm in that writing space, that is the tending to the soul. That is, that is part of, that is part of that work. The other, the other side is, is kind of going back to being in the moment, but, but being mindful of, again, um, the pressures of, um, striving and that can catch me in the writing as well. Because if I allow that to, when I'm writing and I'm detached and I'm writing for pure pleasure, I'm just in the moment, I'm in the flow, that can be, you know, a very spiritual kind of release and, and a, a moment of well-being. But I can also get caught in writing just as much as everything else, that it has to be something that I'm meeting goals to. So this many words and this published date, this publishing date and this amount of outreach um, and all that can come into my space which is my writing space which is supposed to be that space that is free of that um and can very much uh, uh, almost uh make it stressful where whereas it's supposed to be that break and so sometimes i'm finding that breaking out of that and going to know you know out with the kids and running around with a soccer ball and really clearing that energy of having to meet those goals can be the place of well-being because uh, it, it creeps up i don't know if we're programmed or if it's you know as as millennials i feel like this is something that we're all fighting against is 
that constant pressure. When is it enough? Because everything never seems to be enough. You get to a goal and suddenly you thought that was the goal that you you were going to be happy suddenly at reaching, but there's a new goal and there's a new direction and there's a, a new thing to meet. And yes. so, yeah, so that's where I have to be very careful about in writing because writing is my release. It's my break. It's my, it's my enjoyment. But when I allow those kinds of pressures and goals to start pushing into that, then it becomes just another, another task. Then it just becomes another set of accomplishments that I'm supposed to do. Oh, well, I need to make a bestseller then, or I need to, uh, who knows, make this amount of sales. Really that, that's not what it's supposed to be. That's not, that's not why, you know, I, I didn't, I didn't set out to do that. Uh, There's a million little fireworks going off in my head on so many levels because yeah, I think the, the key piece was like the pressure just as you yes. were describing it, I'm like, oh my God, yes, yeah. I know. I know. I totally hear yeah. you. It, it's, um, and it's not even intermittent. I feel like it, it's, um, it's like a constant hum. It's like the fan yes. in the background of the, you know, when you're in an office space yeah. or I don't know if you, this has ever happened. Yeah. It's like this hum, like, you don't know if it's a fan. <laughs> <Is it laughs> the vibration of the ducts. Yeah. <laughs> Something. There's like this yeah. sort of constant, um, and it's always there. And then yeah. you'll, you'll reach the space where you'll kind of not hear it anymore. Like the human yeah. condition adapts, right? Cause we're awesome. Like humans yes. are magical creatures, but you'll adapt. And then all of a sudden you'll reach this base of consciousness where you're like, Oh, I hear it again. It's there. So yeah, it's, it's, uh, yes. I know the pressure piece is huge. And that's something it that I, I, I always talk to entrepreneurs about, and that's why I always ask about the well being yeah. component because, um, we can't deliver for not just our communities, our families, but to ourselves with a, an empty cup. Yeah. Right. Um, so I appreciate you saying you take some time outside and, you know, you kick around a, a ball and you spend some time, some time, time with your children. Yeah. Um, that fills up, that fills us up and that compels us to want to feed our passion projects more. Absolutely. So, so important, really, really Absolutely. important. Um, yeah. What are you most looking forward to? What are you so excited about? Um, adventures, actually. Um, we're still, even though we're not in quarantine, COVID still lives in in the memory, uh, in in our physical memory, in our in our um, you know in our somatic memory. Yep. Um, I'm finding even still, even though it's been a while without masks, still there's still this hesitation. I realized the other day there was somebody I hadn't seen for a while in six months and we launched into a hug together and suddenly my, my body just said, Oh my gosh, you're hugging someone. You're touching someone. (laughs) There was like an energy that just erupted between us that has been blank or, or without it just hasn't existed for three years and this past weekend we had friends over at our chalet and again we went out to dinner and and we sat all around at a dinner table and there was just this sort of awareness of all those kind of micro experiences that 
we missed and have continued to miss. And, and I think some people jumped maybe more into it quicker than, than I have. I've been a little bit slow to get back on the bandwagon of those types of experiences, but I'm just looking forward to, to enjoying exploring with my kids, going out in places, trying, trying new adventures, meeting people in, in person again. Um, which is, you know, for an introvert, the beginning of COVID probably, to be honest, I fared a little bit better than most because I do like my space and I don't mind being alone for long periods of time. And I know some people who struggled uh, terribly. They were miserable right from the start. Yeah. Um, but, you know, we all need we all need different forms of connection. And so for me, the spring is, is looking at trying new experiences and especially sharing them with people. Whereas I've been a bit of a lone wolf uh, for a few years. I mean, obviously, I have my kids in a house full, but still strangely lonely in those experiences. So I, I, I'm looking forward to sharing them and then going back and writing about them when the kids are at school. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I got my I got my second goosebump moment there. Uh, where you, um, well, so many throughout, but a really significant yeah. one just now when you were talking about being um, a lone wolf and still lonely, yeah. although surrounded by people sometimes. Yeah. Um, again, weird dichotomy, weird space to be. But I think as a fellow introvert, I yeah. completely understand. It's almost uh, it's it's almost overwhelming to be for long periods of time around people and I know we tend to resource alone like that's a that's a known Mm -hmm. fact um Mm -hmm. and also being I don't know if you are to this extent but I'm also an HSP so being a highly sensitive person are you as well yes oh my goodness I knew you okay I knew you were (laughs) yeah I it I had never heard of it until about two two or three years ago when I just was feeling constantly weighed down and heavy and had at that point a a therapist I was working with who introduced me to that topic and it suddenly made sense and to be so much more aware of that as well. Yeah, we have to even more so monitor our energy. I mean, you know, again, for those who don't know what HSPs are, highly sensitive people, we just absorb everyone's energy. We're like sponges. Yeah. There's a deeper I did a ton of research into this so <laughs> I know a lot about it but I won't bore yeah. anyone with it it's just yeah there's a higher depth of processing yeah um we tend to be on high alert for a lot of things we feel things more both the yeah. highs and lows um yeah. but I try I try to see it as an empowering piece because you know it takes a sort of superpower yeah. to be highly um in tune with other people I it see does. this in, a good thing although for us there are moments of suffering as you know yes can get tough, it can get overwhelming perfect word that's that's yeah. ex- that's exactly right but yeah. um i think if we keep seeing it as a you know a superpower um we sort of change the narrative it's exactly. something that we could um, really learn to embrace so i know you're super busy i don't want to keep you too long so i have to of course ask you where can everybody find your work where can everybody find you, um, Aveline, where yeah. can everybody check you out online? Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I've got a website, avelinefortin.com. Um, on the socials, it's Aveline in love, aveline.in.love. 
uh, because I write again about romance and I like to talk about romance and relationships. And that's something, again, just briefly going back to what fuels me, those love stories and that human emotion of us of love and connection is definitely something that fuels me. Um, and um, where else? And email, same, abilene.falte at gmail.com. Um, if anybody would like to learn more about writing or the process, they're welcome to reach out. Um, my book is on Amazon. So um, if you look up Adeline Falte, uh, book number one of my series is there. Book number two is coming out in about a month. Draft is uh, edited. It's all edited. It's all ready to go. Um, I'm just waiting on a cover. <laughs> so I'm waiting for my cover to be I'm, I'm a little bit. Uh, that's the thing that's been hanging me up is covers I have a real issue with covers so really <laughs> the cover is coming and then the book two will be out and um, yeah so this is a series it's uh, four books about a relationship set in Paris and um, yes a love story uh, someone from Quebec who moves to Paris and meets a French man that she has a connection with and we see them as they go through the the four books so the first book they meet and they develop more of a friendship and in book two uh, the relationship continues which is what's going to be released probably april probably mid-april april 15th um and then the story continues which uh which is what i'm working on right now which is in the draft form that is lovely and and i even the the whole premise on the cover I hadn't even thought about it until <laughs> yeah. you just mentioned it just now. There's another learning piece is, is the yeah. the cover and how difficult yeah. Yeah. bringing to life that what what the image in your head is. And there's the whole judging a book by its cover, right? Absolutely. So, yeah. Yeah. So many people will pick up or not pick up based on how the cover looks. If it fits what they're looking for. Um, and because I went the self-publishing route and I decided specifically not to really um, be true to the genre. Like I'm, I'm a little bit, you know, it's a romance book, but it's not a typical romance rom-com. Um, so I wanted the cover to let people know that, let people know that they're not necessarily expecting a Harlequin romance or, you know, or a Twilight or whatever. Um, so it kind of gives you that. So, so that's why it's taking me so long. But book two will be out shortly, within a month, I think. Very exciting. And I'm so happy for you. Congratulations. Thank you. I am really so enlightened by our conversation. Thank you for coming on the podcast and shedding light on the whole process of writing. You've lifted the veil on a lot of things I hadn't even, probably a lot of listeners didn't even think about. So yep. I, I appreciate it because we all should be educated on something we want to take on, especially if it's a passion of ours. So thank you so much for coming on yeah. the podcast. Come back anytime you want. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Talk about an opportunity to level up when you're learning about something you had no idea about. That conversation really blew my mind. I hope it shed some light on the writing process and the writing journey. I hope it equips you with everything you need if that is something you want to take on. A special thank you to my guest once again for coming on and being so candid about writing. Thank you, my listeners, once again for tuning in to the Anxious Millennial Podcast. As per usual, I deeply appreciate you being so loyal to the podcast. 
So on that note, have a wonderful week ahead and I will talk to you soon. Take good care. Bye. The Anxious Millennial Podcast is written, edited, recorded, and produced by me, Alexandra Vincelli. Thanks for tuning in.